0: Hey, everybody, this is a bonus episode of the Mentor We are uh, happy to host a recent episode of the CJN Daily, uh, produced, of course, by the Canadian Jewish News, host by Alan Besner. This episode was about the King David High School Lions senior boys basketball team out in Langley, British Columbia, that won uh, a recent BC school sports 1A boys basketball provincial tournament. Uh, Please check it out and enjoy this episode. If you enjoy this episode, uh, please subscribe to the CJN Daily. Uh, as well, over on our sister podcast, Bonjour Chai. Uh the Mentors were featured, along with many other Canadian luminaries, uh, in the CJN's podcast Seder, and we encourage you to check that out as well. Happy Passover.
1: We got to get it in. Get to the bucket.
0: Get to the bucket means three ball
2: no good ball on the floor arel stein didn't get it and that's it king david just like their namesake have slayed goliath unity christian goes down 72 68 the
3: final score
1: That's what it sounded like earlier this month when Vancouver's King David High School Lions senior boys basketball team won the BC Provincial Championship. King David's one of the country's largest private Jewish day schools. The victory happened Saturday night, March 11th in an arena in Langley. And it was a come from behind game. The Lions were ranked number two in the province in their division. They were playing their longtime rivals, Unity Christian of Chilliwack. The number one team has held the title for two years. But thanks to the Lions' run of scoring 12 points in the last seven minutes of the game, the Jewish teens came out on top. They brought home the blue and gold banner and some trophies for the top players, but also the satisfaction of knowing they'd made history for their school and the Jewish community. Maybe it was talent mixed in with a bit of extra Jewish good luck because it was head coach David Amram's 18th year in the job, and there were some rabbis in the stands chanting prayers and even blowing shofars. But after all the celebrating on the court and the posing for team photos, and even the follow-up assembly in the school when they got back, some of the star players are looking back at the milestone with mixed emotions.
0: And I think we couldn't have like drawn it up any better. Like, like it, was, it was all the guys that we've been playing basketball with for five years, the perfect ending, you know, kind of guys were crying after the game because we knew it was, it, was the last, it was the last dance and, and it's really magical it ended.
1: I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Tuesday, March the 21st, 2023. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, sponsored by Metropia. (music) Jesse Millman was named the tournament's most valuable player. He started playing basketball because his father played varsity basketball in his day at McGill and then UBC. Ezra Hay was named championship player after the final game, and he hopes to go on to play basketball in college. And although co-captain Joseph Gabay's dad played hockey, not basketball, the 17-year-old's six-foot-four frame made him the Lions' natural center. Gabay racked up 22 points and six rebounds for the victory. The three have been playing for the Lions for five years, and in that time, they say they haven't personally experienced anti-Semitism on the court, although they've heard about it happening. But Being the only Jewish team in the BC Senior Boys Varsity Basketball League did have its challenges. And coming up, we'll talk about that with the athletes and their coach right after this message.
3: During World War II, the Nazis began a little-known program of extermination for their own children. In Peter Klenock's new mystery thriller, The Unwanted, 14-year-old Hannah Ziegler is being driven by her grandfather and her psychiatrist to a euthanasia center 16-year-old Silky Hartenstein graces the cover of Nazi propaganda magazines. Avi Kreisler is a Munich police detective rounded up for Dachau. And a patrician father hopes his son, David McAuliffe, will be elected the first Catholic president of the United States. In The Unwanted, in the aftermath of war, revenge brings these four people together in ways unimaginable. The Unwanted. Do not skip to the last page. Find it at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. (laughs)
1: joining me now are player jesse millman coach david amram and players joseph Gabay and ezra hay thank you for having us well it's great to meet you guys are you still celebrating or have you kind of recovered a bit from the excitement
0: uh it hasn't really hit me yet uh to be honest um there's so much celebration and stuff that that happened right after the games and i I couldn't really believe what happened as soon as the buzzer went i knew something special was going on but um I think it's gonna take a while before it uh it fully settles in
1: we're recording a few days after the tournament i need to know what do you get for winning like stuff wise
0: there's a lot of there's a lot of hardware so so there's two uh kind of provincial championship uh trophies one that we get to keep and one that cycles around through the winners year after year so there's two they have the province of british columbia on them they're very big very nice there's um there's an mvp trophy which is the uh most valuable player of the tournament, and there's also two um, There's two trophies. Uh, Ezra can speak to this because you got one of them.
4: Yeah, um, there's two other trophies um, that our, our teammates got, um, and it's All-Star, so it's recognizing some of the best players in the tournament. And on top of that, we have a really big, nice banner that we have hanging right in front of our school, so it's really nice to see that.
3: The kids also got, everyone got a Provincial Championship t-shirt. And they're also, they gave us uh, Jostens is, I guess, one of the supporters or sponsors. And they gave us a ring sizing, like sample ring sizes, because we're each going to get a ring.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good swag. I mean, it's probably not going to be as big as like the Super Bowl ring. But for you guys, it's pretty important, right? right? Yeah. Fewer diamonds, fewer diamonds. But uh, what about um, in terms of... Just the league that you play in itself, maybe you can, because this is a bit of background. A lot of the schools are faith schools. Are they all faith schools or some of them are public schools?
3: So we play play in in two leagues. One's called Javiza, the Greater Vancouver Independent Secondary Athletic Association. Those are, in general, mostly private schools. But since the pandemic, we've invited smaller public schools as well, because for a while there weren't having any sports for those schools. And we wanted to be inclusive that way. And we also play what's called the Sea to Sky Highway Zone which is the route to provincials for us. To to get to this one, you have to win the C D Sky Highway one or place really, really well in that tournament. And so we actually had a triple crown this year. We won all three banners for the first time in our school's history.
1: I want to ask about the tournament itself. I want you to take me back and maybe the players can, can help me here. I read that the team you beat, you were second seed, and you beat the first seed who were the champions from last two years, right? Yeah. So... What happened last year that you were eliminated early?
2: Last year we were having a really good season. We had a good run, and we were the sixth seed playing the eleventh seed, and it was a hard battle. But in the end, they uh, they beat us out by I think it was four points. Yeah. And unfortunately, I was unable to play because I got injured throughout, uh, like near the middle of the season. So it was hard to watch from the sideline, and they just outbattled us. We just didn't execute properly but uh this year in the semi-final we got revenge against them and we beat him by a pretty good margin
1: what was wrong with us what was your injury
2: a broken elbow
1: did you play did you break it while you were playing was this a basketball yeah, injury yeah i
2: got pushed out of the air <laughs> during one of our games
1: so you were fouled
2: correct they didn't call a foul but uh,
1: yeah because I read that it wasn't a full team, but I didn't understand what that meant. So this yeah. year, everybody who's on the team was allowed to play, was healthy ish. Yeah. I think
3: by this point, when you're involved in three different banners, three different <laughs> associations, everybody's playing hurt, banged up. It's just too many games in a shortened period of time to not be feeling it. You
1: know, well, I right? think it's because it was your 18th year, so you had high luck, and that's why, right? Your 18th <laughs> year coaching. Yeah. That's correct. Acting I- I David.
0: Yeah. Also, like uh, a difference between last year and this year is that a lot. Um, like, because this this year's team was, was primarily composed of seniors, we knew it was our last our last chance to, to do some damage. And last year, there was no grade 12s on the team. So it's almost like we, we weren't playing with this sense of urgency that it's going to be the last time we're playing high school basketball because it wasn't true. And so this year, I think that, that definitely helped us knowing that every game could be our last and and we had to give it our all.
1: What was it like watching from, you know, seven minutes to go? How did you turn it around?
0: You know, you can't,
2: you can't get too low, even when you're down by a decent margin. You just got to keep your head in the game. And then I think it was Christian Galaska that hit a three to start the run. And mm-hmm. when that happened, that really sent a lot of energy into the crowd. And that energy kind of infused into us on the court and we went on a big run. So having the fans definitely helped.
1: Does the King David team have a specific cheer that they do or the fans? Is there a special?
2: Well, we have, we're the lions. So they say, let's go lions.
0: But. <laughs> I think there was, I'm pretty sure there was some, um, there, there was, there was a lot of uh, rabbis in the crowd, I think two or three, and they were kind of leading um, just, you know, the songs you would, you would, you would sing at, at shul or something like Ose Shalom or, or, you know, the, the, the classics, there they, they were doing those, which is definitely um native to our team because we're the only Jewish team, of course. So I think that was our signature uh signature chant from the crowd.
1: That's fun being the only Jewish team. You had challenges, I read about where you played, what days you played, what hours you played. Maybe somebody could walk us through that challenge and how you navigated that. What was that all about? Um,
4: so after winning the semifinal, uh, we were supposed to play at one. 30 p.m. or at 1.30... 1.45 p.m. um, On the center court, which was, uh, it could seat a lot of people, like thousands of of, of seats. And um, that's like one of the places that everyone wants to play because that's where you can get exposure. Lots of people come to your games. Um, But it was on a Saturday, so it was during Shabbat. And we had to respect our our, our culture and our religion. So uh, we had to uh, reschedule the game. Or we got the game rescheduled to eight thirty, uh, which was at the same time as another game. So um, yeah, it was it was it wasn't ideal, but we had to value our, our traditions and and culture because at the end of the day we're a Jewish school, and um, regardless, we 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 went out there and we we played basketball and got we got the job
1: done. I don't know if you're aware of Ryan Terrell. You must be. Yeah. Hello. I mean. Who wouldn't be if you're playing basketball in a, in a Jewish school? But is that some kind of a, a role model for you guys, or are you more the Washington Wizards player type role model? Right?
0: I think it's definitely cool, and I think um, the difference between him and, and players like Denny Avdija and and, and uh, is that you know he's he's wearing the kippa during during his games, um, and that sets him aside from everyone, of course, because it's a physical symbol of his of his faith. And I think um, I think his confidence tends to really. Strong message to, to people like us, young Jewish basketball players. Whether we would wear a keeper or not, I mean, not to speak for the guys, but I don't think we would if if we went to that level. But but I think it's it's remarkable that he's so proud of his Jewish identity in a sports sense. I think it's, I think it's really nice. To see.
1: Mm, anybody else want to weigh in on that?
4: Well, I also I also look up to Ryan Terrell because like he he really inspired a lot of uh, Jewish kids to like like really push and like pursue their dreams because it's it's possible you can be proud of your, of your of your heritage and and be on the main stage like he had many many division 1 offers he could have went to any other university and played um like high major basketball but he chose to go to a D3 school and um which was Yeshiva University in New York so um yeah it was just it's a really um shocking move to a lot of people but at the end of the day he valued his culture a lot so um yeah it's it's, it's remarkable
1: I mean there're not that many uh in the NBA altogether I mean there were you know Tal Brody and some of the older players from the OGs, as they, I guess you would say, right? I want to ask about how you all three got into basketball, because Canada is a hockey city. And Vancouver is a hockey. They had the Grizzlies, but they're not there anymore. So maybe each one of you would like to just tell me how, why you chose to be on the basketball. I mean, OK, you're tall, so that's one reason. But
2: <laughs> I started, I just, you know, back in the backyard as a kid with my dad just playing casual, fun basketball. And then going to elementary school, I went to Vancouver Hebrew Academy and there was no basketball team there. And they were outside, they had like a seven foot rim (laughs) that I would practice on and shoot around on every day at lunch and recess. And then my first like organized basketball was when I came to King David in grade eight. And that's when I kind of like got more serious about it and was actually like working towards a goal while playing basketball.
1: And is there basketball in your family or are they different sports?
2: No, my dad was a hockey player, but I think the the grit of hockey from my dad totally kind of carried over into
4: my game.
1: Okay, Ezra, but, but you, how did you get into basketball?
4: I always played basketball ever since a really young age. I remember like third grade, something like that. So when I was starting to play ball, just on at elementary school after day or after school every day, I just played with a group of friends and um, I just, I, I started playing organized basketball in I think sixth sixth grade where I just went to a summer camp. Um, and that, I think that's what really um, inspired me to keep going. And um, I've I developed a lot of skill along the way. And, and it allowed me to create a lot of relationships with other people because like on the basketball court, I, me personally, that's where I feel the most comfortable. And um, I, I can really relate to other people who also play the same sport as me. So yeah, it's really helped me.
1: And what about you, Jesse?
4: Well, my
0: dad played uh, university ball at McGill and at UBC and in, uh, in the last two seasons, this is not really related, but just funny, in the, in the last two seasons of my high school basketball career I wore number, his number 30 which he wore at, at McGill and UBC which was nice and it worked out well actually. They didn't have 21 which I liked and, and that was the one they had, it just happened to be a coincidence, but um, so me and my dad always used to shoot around. We had a basketball hoop uh, in our backyard. Um, and it was definitely one of my favorite things to do because uh, I definitely saw him as a role model. And of course he'd hit every shot and and, and we'd um, spend a lot of time out there. And, and as I got older, I guess, in, to grade five, grade six, grade seven, there kind of uh, became like a community around basketball, especially within my friends. We we specifically went to the JCC every Saturday to to play at Open Gym. And here there was a lot of older people and it was an intimidating scene. but. But everyone was doing a show. So, you know, I felt at home, of course, and, and I was able to progress. Even even some of the teachers at the school were at the open gym runs and, and we were playing. And I guess that's when I fell in love with it. And then I continued to play at summer camps, skill camps, and then school.
1: So after this past weekend, that's it. You don't have any more practices. You're done. There are no more games, no more exhibition. Like, that's it, it. It Oh my God, that is quite upsetting, emotional. That's a thing to, to digest, is it not? How do you?
2: It's kind of bittersweet. Like, we won the triple crown zone championship, FISA championship, and then provincial championship. And then now just knowing that we're never gonna be able to play a, an official game together again is kinda of a bittersweet thing. So
1: I'm
4: glad we went on a went we went out on a good note. So we just got we got a win for the last game of our high school careers. It was a great experience. I had lots of fun. And um, yeah, it was just, it's just the perfect ending to our, to our journey.
1: You guys are doing what next year? Are you all going to go off to university or work or travel? What's your plan?
4: Um, So for me personally, I'm, I'm planning on going to university. Um, Not too sure where yet, but I'm still deciding that. Um, I hope to play uh, college basketball to continue playing basketball. It's just, it's, it's a sport that I love. I couldn't imagine like just stopping playing now. But um, yeah, hopefully I'll be in Montreal, kind of where, where I want to be.
0: Um go likely. I'm thinking of my my dad knows the coaching staff very well. He says he could get me a get me a tryout if I wanted to. So so the options there for a tryout, we'd be a walk on maybe. But um, but it's definitely not it's not my main focus, basketball. But I think it'd be really nice if I get to play either on the team or in a rec league or something.
1: Go to the Y, yes. And
2: I'm also going to university, and
0: I might do like a
2: walk on try out possibly, but basketball at this point also isn't one of my main priorities anymore.
1: I'm very actually surprised because uh, I always thought that if you're that good, then you might want to continue. Weren't there scouts there at these, uh, like, or I don't know if you call them combine or scouts or something.
3: There there were several scouts and coaches at particular tournaments throughout the year. So uh, I, for example, using Ezra as an example, a couple coaches asked me about him and there's always the potential to pay. And I, I think all three of them could have, uh, post-secondary basketball careers, but uh, my gentlemen are very well-rounded, so I respect that.
1: All right, and I want to bring up something that um, I, I need to ask, because we've all been watching, of course, Kyrie Irving and anti-Semitism in sports, especially in basketball, so I want to get your feelings about that, because I'm sure people and your team talk about this. When you play, have you personally, any of you, experienced chirping anti Semitism or worse, on the on the court? And if so, how do you deal with it?
2: I've never personally experienced any form of anti Semitism on the
0: court. That's just
2: me, I'm not too sure about anyone else. Yeah, and that's the same with me. Yeah.
0: Like I remember there was this one story um where we we played against it wasn't my team, but it was a senior team when I was a junior and, and they played against some some school and there was some um, anti Semitic comic comment, comments being being made and, and um and I think there might have been an investigation or something or people definitely took it seriously and stuff. And I remember hearing about that and I remember it was the first kind of time I thought about about whether I'm gonna face that in sports for the rest of my um high school career I guess. Um but luckily I I never experienced that in, in basketball or anything.
3: So I, I think most coaches are take a lot of pride in How they're represented in the community, so they don't let their players speak like that. But uh, I know which uh, situation Jesse's talking about, and uh, I observed that. And and the good news was that once it was brought to the coach's attention, I thought he handled it very well. And he he, there was consequences for the one or two students that were involved in saying some inappropriate slurs. And uh, surprising to me, those are kids that in their own faith had experienced similar. Um, inappropriate language used towards them so I was kind of surprised that they would um, resort to that But then even I was quite happy with how the coach and the school handled it. Uh, We had another incident in not in in basketball but in soccer over the last few years here uh, in the lower mainland where we've had unfortunately uh, some kids and even some adults um, using inappropriate language. There was a situation uh, more recently uh, this past year where um, there was a a team that decided to run a song or some, some basically background music that was very, very anti-Israel, pro-Palestinian. And, you know, I I have no problem with people advocating for their, for their people, but when they are doing that at, at the expense of another group of people or adversely affecting another community, that to me isn't okay. And I can't speak to much more of that myself. I know our head of school, uh, dealt with it with the other schools involved, but, uh, so you'd have to reach out to our head of school to get more about that.
1: Right, because the reason I bring it up is I'm sure you heard what happened to the Winnipeg basketball team at the Grey Academy, right? It was in the news. I, I vaguely know about it. And the other team that was the, the, the people who were doing the whatever gestures or words that they said had their season forfeited and pulled from basketball for the rest of the season because it was the last straw. Uh, it wasn't just that they were doing it against Gray Academy, which is the Jewish high school, of course, in Winnipeg. They've been doing it before, right? It, and this was the last straw. So I just wondered what, what you guys encounter when you go in there as a Jewish team. chirping happens.
3: I, 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 You know, listen, a lot of kids have brought it to my attention in the past. I, I, anytime someone brings it to me, I take it seriously. I speak to the opposing coach, but I usually in the moment try to tell the kids just to not lose their focus, to not take it personally, and to just ignore it and and, and compete. And that trust that you know the adults afterwards will will deal with it seriously.
0: Coach makes it very clear that like we're representing our our religion when we play because because we're the only Jewish basketball team I think the high school in, in in British Columbia maybe even so so that's definitely related to 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 us like n- ensuring that that we display a good image of, of our people because it is what we're doing whether, uh, whether we want to believe it or not so I think if we can do that well and, and show that we respect them, then then we'll get as much respect back.
1: And the final thing, I guess, is: Have you heard from any celebrities or anybody that's reached out to you? You know, maybe I don't know Seth Rogen or I don't know somebody famous that's uh, wished you congratulations.
0: I wish. <laughs> um, I don't think I've heard from, <laughs> from any celebrities. Still waiting, though. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's in the mail. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I, I, I actually went to school with Seth Rogen, so I, I know him. He About maybe 5 or 10 years ago, he, we spoke personally, and he said, you know, like, keep up the good work or something to that effect, but nothing, nothing over, nothing, like, too exciting. Um, a lot of coaches from around uh, British Columbia have reached out to me, uh, but I wouldn't, I mean, you can call them local celebrities, I suppose, but I think nobody, know Gordon Ramsays or um, <laughs> <laughs> anything like that. <music>
1: That's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to the family of the late Lou Billenkoff of Winnipeg. Don't miss our obituary on the website about the late bloomer who smashed world track records. And we'll end the show with some more of what the Lions' victory play-by-play sounded like. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow.
3: King David Lions, what an
2: awesome
0: day. Good for them. Uh, Huge victory for that community, and uh, it seems like every single one in that community is here at this building. This place is packed, the floor is packed, students are on the floor,
1: everyone's here, they're all celebrating. Uh